This is an RNZ podcast. Now they've got to push for two. Who's going to cover the keeper's stumps? They're going to go. Got to get him. Directed. Oh, directed. Is this the World Cup? It's Martin Gaptol. Is this the final? Well, that was the moment that the Cricket World Cup semi-final tilted in the Black Caps' favour in Manchester in the early hours of Thursday morning our time. And it was a complicated moment for RNZ's reporter at the Cup, Ravinda Hunia. Once India and New Zealand were paired together in the final four, she wrote about having to internalise a really complicated situation in her head on the RNZ website. Her father was born in Punjab in India 60 years ago, she explained, and her mum, five years later, in Te Puke. So she didn't really know which side to back, India or New Zealand, until she got a nudge from her dad. In the midst of all this, I got a text from my father. Who would he support, I wondered? Go the black caps, it said. Go the black caps indeed. And Ravinda also got a nudge from RNZ colleague Justin Gregory on this week's edition of the RNZ podcast, Not Your Average Cricket Show, when she said she'd started leaning towards India, having come face-to-face with their fans in England. When I uh, see the dancing and things like that, I can't help but feel festive and things just like these fans that I call my, my counterparts. Uh, well, let's let's, let's but, put it in slightly different terms for you, uh, for you, Ravinda. Which country's national broadcaster paid for you to be over there to cover these games? <laughs> Now, Justin Gregory has actually written an entire play about split cricket loyalties himself. It's about two trans-Tasman brothers torn in two over the underarm incident back in 1981, but that's another story. And on the Not Your Average Cricket Show last Monday, his co-host Zoe George made a good point to Ravinda Hunia. As journalists, though, we're meant to be impartial, right? So uh, yeah, we shouldn't right. really cheer for anyone. I come, in, I, I come in as an unbiased RNZ reporter, <laughs> I think. I, that, that will be my safety net. <laughs> And Zoe George also knows what it's like to serve a cricketing country other than her own. She once worked for and toured with Japan's national men's and women's cricket teams as their media manager. And the second series of Not Your Average Cricket Show, which was billed as hitting traditional cricket commentary for six, certainly did break the mould in terms of talent. While it has ex-black cap Ian O'Brien in the UK as a regular pundit, Women who've played for New Zealand also got equal billing as guests. And our guest co-host today is international cricketer and white fern wicketkeeper Katie Martin. Katie made her international debut in 2003 against England and during her career she played 75 ODIs, 74 T20s for New Zealand. She scored more than 1,300 runs in the longer format. Kia ora. Lovely to have you on the show, Katie. Thanks for having me. And it turned out that Monday's guest Katie Martin, like Ravinda Hunia, also had split loyalties based on her family background, though hers were a little more local. My father actually said I wasn't allowed to play for Canterbury and if I did, he'd disown me, so I've stuck stuck with a blue and gold ever since. Oh, that's a good thing. (laughs) And last Monday's Not Your Average Cricket Show also tackled cricket issues far beyond what was happening at the Cricket World Cup or on the pitch anywhere. Of course, we're also meant to have another Martin on the show today. That's New Zealand cricket board member and former international cricketer Martin Sneddon. Last week, he'd agreed to come on the show to talk about his experiences both playing and administration, as well as giving his picks for the semis and the final. However, we also wanted to get his take on the behaviour of Black Cap Scott Kugeline and more recently former rep cricketer and Taradale club cricketer Jason Trembeth, who has been jailed for grouping 11 women. While the main focus of this show is the World Cup, there's been so much talk about cricket's culture and Sneddon bringing such mana, we flagged with him we'd want to hear from him on that. But sadly, Sneddon then pulled out of the interview. 
New Zealand cricket wouldn't put up anyone to discuss its response to those issues at all. And with a Cricket World Cup for women due to be held here in two years' time, the show also delved into the contractual status of players with Katie Martin. The men's domestic teams, some of those contracts have already been announced. Is the same thing going to happen with women? It's a great question. I know they're going through the MOU um, discussions and Mm. I'm um, expecting some um, decisions to be made over the next couple of weeks. Our new contracting period starts the 1st of August. So, look, hopefully it's a really good opportunity for um, New Zealand cricket to make a stance on, on women's cricket and, you know, hopefully look at... Um, I guess investing more money for not only the White Ferns um, girls to be more full-time or more professional contracts. So clearly then, Not Your Average Cricket Show does live up to the name and we'll talk to its co-host Zoe George about that in a minute. But financial fairness between men and women playing the same game also came up in a big way at the World Cup final across the English Channel last Monday. prize money for winning the Women's World Cup in football in France is a fraction of what France's male players banked for winning the men's version of the tournament in Russia a year ago. And that's why the president of the sport's global governing body, FIFA, was loudly booed there when he stepped out to present the World Cup to the US women's national team. 28 top US players are suing their own employers over poor conditions and pay relative to those enjoyed by their male counterparts. And US fans in the stands in France kept up this chant in support throughout the presentation of the World Cup trophy. The tournament's undisputed star and talking point was the US captain Megan Rapinoe. And while most media-trained athletes steer well clear of anything that could rock the boat, she didn't dodge any tough topics during the Women's World Cup of football. She said she approved of the booing of the FIFA boss. A little public shame never hurt anyone, she told reporters. And the day before the game, Megan Rapinoe slammed FIFA for scheduling the finals of two men's international tournaments, the Copa America in Brazil and the Gold Cup in Mexico, on the same day as the Women's World Cup final. Um, when the World Cup final is set, you know, so, so far in advance, it's actually unbelievable. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think that we feel the same level of respect, um, certainly that FIFA has for the men and, and just in general. And that was another reason why the president of FIFA got an earful from the stands in Lyon last Monday. And the president of the US has been on the receiving end from Megan Rapinoe too. I'm not going to the effing White House, she told a reporter a while back, who asked her if the team would go there if they won the World Cup. And she's not the only player in the squad to say they want no part in a presidential photo opportunity. And a Fox News reporter in a sports bar in Lyon last Monday found out during a live cross after the World Cup final that the fans were on Megan Rapinoe's side. We are here in a sports bar in Lyon, France. Here, listen to it. We are in a sports bar. We were going to be outside. The U.S. national women's team were heavily criticised, though, for arrogance and mocking opponents with gloating goal celebrations during the tournament, though striker Alex Morgan told reporters she reckoned they're had agenda agenda. You see men celebrating all around the world in big tournaments, um, you know, grabbing their sacks or whatever it is, and um, you have to laugh about it to see all the criticism. Now, explicit sack grabbing, as she put it, is not actually common behaviour in the men's game. Those who do it get punished and condemned for it. But there is one gender identity issue that does reveal a stark difference between men's and women's football internationally. 
Of all the players at the Women's World Cup in France, Megan Rapinoe and 40 others are gay or bisexual and out. Some are actually married to or partners of players who lined up for other countries at the Women's World Cup, including some of New Zealand's own football ferns. And there may be more gay players who couldn't come out because it's either illegal or risky to do so in four of the 24 countries who took part. Now in the men's game, not one international player at the World Cup has ever come out as gay while still playing as a professional. Not one, and the same here in top-level rugby. And until recently, you could have said the same thing about women covering football and rugby in mainstream media here and overseas. But that has started to change too. The BBC had female pundits and presenters for the Men's Football World Cup in Russia last year. UK media companies' podcasts routinely have women as hosts, guests and panellists when they were all but absent just a few years ago. And here, former Blackferns pop up in Sky's coverage of men's rugby, but reporting teams that head overseas to big sports events are still often entirely male or almost all male. And we noticed in Ravinda Hunia's photos of press conferences from the Cricket World Cup in the UK lately, not a lot of women in the room, sometimes none at all. So that was a question I put to Zoe George, the co-host of the Not Your Average Cricket Show, is covering the men's game still a man's game. Women's voices when it comes to sports commentary, in particular cricket, is just as important as men's. And we're seeing an increase of women's voices being contributed to the wider commentary box. So Sky Sport has put in a lot of women over the last two summers, but sometimes that hasn't been received all that well. This is for domestic this cricket coverage here in New Zealand? For domestic and international cricket coverage here in New Zealand. Um, and you may remember last year Debbie Hockley, who's the president of New Zealand Cricket and arguably one of the best cricketers we've ever had uh, was commentating for Sky uh, not this summer but the summer before and the amount of abuse that she received was quite startling. The year they threatened to smash her, they called her names that we shouldn't really broadcast. Was it the thing she was saying or just the mere presence of a woman in the commentary team? Both. So when I interviewed the guy who set up the petition, he said it sounded like he was listening to his mum commentate cricket and I was like, wow, your mum's pretty knowledgeable. (laughs) (laughs) But Obviously, the the Men's Cricket World Cup in the UK was Mm. the peg for the series of Not Your Average Cricket Show. But was it, I mean, you're not just talking about the tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, Was this a case of, you know, while we've got your attention, because there's a big tournament on and the Black Caps are doing well, uh, we're going to discuss these other issues that are nothing to do with what's actually on the back pages of the papers? These issues are all around cricket anyway. So it's just about bringing those issues to light. So sport is meant to be um, a reflection of society as a whole. And just because one of our teams doing really well doesn't mean that there's wider issues happening. And cricket is grassroots, and there have been big stories around the behaviour of cricketers and those associated with cricket and the culture of cricket. And particularly if cricket is trying to attract more girls and women to the sport, which is which is what they're trying to do, particularly ahead of the 2020 Cricket World Cup being hosted here in New Zealand, it's important that we actually provide an environment that's safe um, and positive for women and girls to get into. Um, So we need to be having these wider discussions about sport and the way that sport impacts society and the way that society impacts sport. Well, we've heard um, Ravinda at uh, at the Cricket World Cup in the UK, but pictures of her shot in the press room 
hardly any women, sometimes none at all. Absolutely. Of course it is. Um, and you just have to look at the roster for uh, the ICC official commentary roster. They put it out for every big tournament. Last year they had the women's T20. They had 14 commentators. Six of those were women. For the men's uh, one this year, they have a roster of 24, and of those, three are women. Last night we uh, saw the Black Caps turn over <laughs> India in that um, weird, <gasps> weird two-day, one-day. Uh, one woman's voice yeah, I heard. I don't even it. know who it is, didn't catch your name, but yeah. that, was, that was the only one that I heard. Was, she would have been one of, that, one of that crew. That's right. And when she was on, she was only on for short segments at a time uh, and quite far apart. She's not getting the same airtime as the rest of them, and you've got to ask why that is. So uh, here... Say if it's rugby, are there former black ferns and so on in Sky television panels and that kind of coverage? Yeah, there are, and it's growing as well, which is fantastic. You know, Sky has obviously recognised that there's a need for female voices both in the commentary box and on the sideline, plus on the panels, um, you know, the pre- and post-show panels that they have. And back to the Cricket World Cup, though, they have a panel, which is great. Um, Frankie Mackay, who's a white fern, is a co-host, which is brilliant. She's doing a great job. But what I'm noticing more and more is that the other people who are on the panel are all men, and more often than not, they're white. Well, last weekend, another World Cup came to an end, and that was the Women's Football World Cup in France. Now, the football ferns uh, got dumped out in the group stage, but disappointing. I think only scored one goal, and I think Cameroon actually did that for them. Um, <laughs> so not a good tournament. And I would have thought that that would have you know completely faded from the headlines, both sporting and mainstream. But there's been a lot of coverage in that tournament globally because of the U.S. women's national team and specifically their captain, Megan Rapinoe, or one of their captains, challenging inequities and inequalities uh, while the spotlight's been on her. Do you, have you found that coverage interesting? Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, and I like the way that it's just gone completely global. And she's been almost, the entire team, not just her, but the entire team have been pushed up. Uh, but now they've been given this platform and they're making their their use of that platform, which is great to see. They're talking about pay equity. She's talking about why they won't go to the White House. One year ago, the Men's Football World Cup was held in Russia. Now, there was a huge change in that that I noticed looking at, again, the international coverage specifically in television coverage and podcasts about it, where it used to be solidly blokes, an occasional women's sports correspondent, but but not very many. There, there were so few. Um, but now, routinely, all the British, for example, uh, mainstream news organisations, podcasts and television coverage have female co-hosts, female pundits and presenters as guests. So there must have been a, a clear change there. Is New Zealand in step with that? Um, not quite. <laughs> We're getting there. Not only will that draw more women into watching sport and engaging with women's sport, um, it actually gives you know visual coverage um, and helps build positive role models for young girls who want to play sport and then possibly have a career in the media. Growing up, there were no female commentators for me to listen to or watch. Um, I mean, Leslie in coverage of men's sport or women's or both. Both, right? Uh, and I mean, yes, we had the netball, and that's great. But outside of that, you know, I wanted to be a cricket commentator. Well, now I have my own cricket show, which is fantastic. But that's from driving and going. This is important. We need to talk about this. We need to cover it in ways that other organisations aren't covering it because of this Women's World Cup, the Football World Cup, that it just puts everything in the spotlight. I really hope that other organisations go, yeah, actually, it's now time. Another issue that really has been put in the spotlight because of that and specifically the intense focus on Megan Rapinoe, mm. 
GL, uh, LGBT players. So yeah. uh, I don't know if, if it's correct or accurate, but a lot of articles saying there are herself and 40 other players who are gay or bisexual specifically. That's how the reports were framed uh, in those squads. There are four countries of the 24 that took part where homosexuality is either illegal or it'd be extremely risky uh, to, uh, to, to be out and gay. So possibly even more players on the roster uh, were as well. Um, rugby, cricket, top-level professional international football, absolutely none. Never happens. Um, Not in men's, but yeah, in women's. In, in, in men's. That's, that's, yeah. that's the contrast. Do you think that is an issue that's um, you know, been, been shown up by this tournament? Absolutely. I think it's something that we should be talking about openly. Female sports people have always kind of been open about where they stand with this. Um, what I'd like to see right now, and particularly in line with the cricket, is to have a cricketer come out because that hasn't happened yet. To have a black cap come out right now would be huge for the sport. But it's got to be for the same reasons, right, that in top-level cricket here and in rugby as well and in, say, um, football in the UK, for example. All the years it's been running, not one player has ever come out as gay whilst... Whilst playing. Um, even, even in rugby union, you've mm. had... Um, the Gareth, Gareth Thomas, mm. uh, the Welsh player, he, he is one of, one of a handful, but... It must be partly a media issue, right? They don't want to be exposed to the scrutiny of either being the first, let alone any of the judgments that might come from players, fans or whatever. You would hope that in 2019 that the media would treat these people fairly and give them a fair go. Um, I would hope here in New Zealand that that would be the way. But like I said earlier, sport is a reflection of society and within sport there are still certain bigoted ideas uh, and it, that's just a reflection of some of the things that are going on outside. Well I knew women's football was different as a sport that was clearly more um, tolerant accepting mm. but um, what I didn't know was that there were couples at the World <laughs> Cup playing for different countries yeah. so for example England yeah. internationals a couple of the New Zealanders as well in relationships or married to actually married to players who potentially could line up against them I don't think it actually happened during the tournament but it could have happened that Women would have been playing against their spouses or partners. Yeah. Um, so and it happens and it happens in cricket as well. So there's a few couples in the white ferns, and there's you know some relationships between a few English players, New Zealand players, and Australian players. So when they all play each other, it's it's really quite interesting. But you know they they leave it off the field when they're on the field. They're there to play a game. Yeah, I wonder if we'd ever see that on the cricket or rugby field. But uh, maybe maybe nice. in the future. <laughs> That was Zoe George, co-host of RNZ's podcast, Not Your Average Cricket Show, which has been on throughout the Cricket World Cup. And she was talking to me there a few hours after that dramatic semi-final win against India last Thursday. Now, more of our chat about those topics is in the online version of the story. That's on the RNZ website or the RNZ app or our podcast feed. Just look for the title, Women Centre Stage in Two World Cups. And Zoe and Justin Gregory will be back with a fresh episode of Not Your Average Cricket Show tomorrow, looking back at what happens in the final tonight and how the Cricket World Cup 2019 unfolded. Now, you can also get that on the RNZ website and the RNZ app, of course, or wherever you get your podcasts. And likewise, Fair Play, a monthly podcast about women in sport, which Zoe makes for RNZ in conjunction with the global women's sports network, wispsports.com.